This is a Reconstruction Radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF form. The Greatness of the Great Commission, Christian Enterprise in a Fallen World, written by Kenneth L. Gentry, Jr., published in 1990 by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas, narrated by Joseph Spurgeon. Four, Implications Chapter 11 Millennial Orientation and the Great Commission For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 25-27 and verse 58. Eschatology is the field of study in theology that is concerned with the last things. As I have shown in various places in the preceding chapters, eschatology has a tremendous effect on the Christian worldview and consequently on his practical daily living. Eschatological systems are generally categorized in regard to their approach to the millennium. The idea of the millennium is derived from Revelation 20, 1 through 6, where the designation of a 1,000-year reign of Christ is treated, though only in these six verses. The Great Commission is greatly affected by our understanding of eschatology. Ironically, there is one eschatological position that cites the Great Commission as evidence of its biblical warrant, postmillennialism. This is the viewpoint presented in this book, and that the Great Commission is so affected by one's eschatological system it might be helpful to provide a brief summary of several of the leading features of the four major evangelical eschatological systems. It should be understood that any particular adherent to one of the following views may disagree with some aspect as I have presented it. There are always differences of nuance among adherents to any particular system. Nevertheless, the presentation attempts to portray accurately the general leading features of the systems. The systems will be presented in alphabetical order. All Millennialism Definition that view of prophecy that expects no wide-ranging, long-lasting, earthly manifestation of kingdom power until Christ returns, other than in the salvation of the elect. All millennialist Kuiper writes, The thousand years of Revelation 20 represent, in symbolic language, a long and complete period, namely, the period of history from Christ's ascension into heaven until his second coming. Throughout that age, Christ reigns, and the saints in glory reign with him. Verse 4. Satan is bound in the sense of not being permitted to lead the pagan nations against Christendom. Verses 2 and 3. During that period also takes place, under the rule of Christ, what may be termed the parallel development of the kingdom of light and that of darkness. Toward the end of the thousand years, Satan will be loosed for a little while. Those will be dark days for the church of God. Christ will return in ineffable glory, and, having raised the dead, will sit in judgment on all men. Revelation 20, 12 and 13. Descriptive features. 1. The church age is the kingdom era prophesied by the Old Testament prophets. Israel and the church are merged into one body in Christ to form the Israel of God. 2. Satan is bound during his earthly ministry at Christ's first coming. Satan is progressively restricted by the proclamation of the gospel. 3. Christ rules in the heart of believers. There will be but occasional, short-lived influences of Christianity on culture, although the Christians should, nevertheless, labor toward a Christian culture. Hence, the system is amillennial, no millennium. 
and that there is no visible earthly manifestation of millennial conditions as in the pre- and post-millennial systems. The thousand years is held to be a symbolic figure representative of a vast expanse of time. 4. History will gradually worsen as the growth of evil accelerates toward the end. This will culminate in the Great Tribulation. 5. Christ will return to end history, resurrect and judge all men, and establish an eternal order. Representative Adherence In the ancient church, Hermas, 1st century, and Augustine, A.D. 354-430. In the modern church, J.E. Adams, Hendricus Burkhoff, Louis Burkhoff, Theodore Grabner, W.J. Greer, Floyd E. Hamilton, William Hendrickson, J.W. Hodges, Anthony Hokima, Abraham Kuyper, Philip Morrow, George Murray, Albertus Peiters, and Gerhardus Voss, possibly. Dispensational Premillennialism Definition A theological system arising around 1830 that understands the scripture to teach that God is two separate programs for two distinct peoples, national Israel and the church. Since Pentecost, the program for the church has been in operation. The church will continue to operate as a spiritual witness to the nations until God secretly raptures Christians out of the world. Soon thereafter, Christ will return to the earth and set up an earthly kingdom of 1,000 years duration. Descriptive Features 1. The church age is wholly unforeseen mystery, which was altogether unknown to and unexpected by the Old Testament prophets. 2. God has a separate and distinct program and plan for racial Israel, as distinguished from the church. The church of Jesus Christ is a parenthetical aside in the original plan of God. 3. The kingdom offered by Christ in the first century was postponed until the future. 4. The church experiences some small-scale successes in history, but ultimately loses influence, fails in her mission, is corrupted as a worldwide evil increases, and intensifies toward the end of the church age. 5. Christ returns secretly in the sky to rapture living saints and to resurrect the bodies of deceased saints, the first resurrection. These are removed out of the world before the Great Tribulation. The judgment of the saints is accomplished in heaven during the seven-year period before Christ's return to the earth. 6. At the conclusion of the seven-year Great Tribulation, Christ returns to the earth with his glorified saints in order to establish and personally administer a Jewish political kingdom headquartered at Jerusalem for a thousand years. During this time, Satan is bound, and the temple and sacrificial system is re-established in Jerusalem as memorials. Hence, the system is premillennial in that Christ returns prior to the millennium, which is a literal thousand years. 7. Toward the end of the millennial kingdom, Satan is loosed, and Christ is surrounded and attacked at Jerusalem. 8. Christ calls down fire from heaven to destroy his enemies. The resurrection, the second resurrection, and judgment of the wicked occur. The eternal order begins. Representative Adherence In the ancient church, none, created in 1830. In the modern church, Donald G. Barnhouse, W. E. Blackstone, James M. Brooks, L. S. Chafer, John Nelson Darby, Charles Lee Feinberg, A. C. Gabaline, Norman Geisler, Harry Einside, Hal Lindsey, C. H. McIntosh, G. Campbell Morgan, J. Dwight Pentecost, Charles C. Ryrie, C. I. Schofield, John F. Walvard, and Warren Wiersbe. Historic Premillennialism Definition That ancient view of prophecy that sees the present age as one in which the church will expand, but with little influence in the world, other than calling out the elect to salvation. 
At the end of this age, the Lord will return and resurrect believers and will establish his kingdom over the earth for a thousand years. At the end of that period will occur the resurrection of the wicked. Premillennialist Ladd writes, The gospel was not to conquer the world and subdue all nations to itself. Hatred, conflict, and war will continue to characterize the age until the coming of the Son of Man, and evil will mark the course of the age. Descriptive Features 1. The New Testament era church is the initial phase of Christ's kingdom, as prophesied by the Old Testament prophets. 2. The New Testament church will win many victories, but ultimately will fail in its mission, lose influence, and become corrupted as worldwide evil increases toward the end of the church age. 3. The church will pass through a future, worldwide, unprecedented time of travail, known as the Great Tribulation, which will punctuate the end of contemporary history. Christ will return at the end of tribulation to rapture the church, resurrect deceased saints, and conduct the judgment of the righteous in the twinkling of an eye. Christ then will descend to the earth with his glorified saints, fight the battle of Armageddon, bind Satan, and establish a worldwide political kingdom which will be personally administered by him for a thousand years from Jerusalem, hence the designation premillennial, and that Christ returns prior to the millennium, which is understood as a literal thousand years. At the end of the millennial reign, Satan will be loosed and a massive rebellion against the kingdom, and a fierce assault against Christ and his saints will occur. God will intervene with fiery judgment to rescue Christ and the saints. The resurrection and the judgment of the wicked will occur, and the eternal order will begin. Representative Adherence In the ancient church, Papias, A.D. 60-130, and Justin Martyr, A.D. 100-165. In the modern church, Henry Alford, E.B. Elliot, A.R. Fawcett, Henry W. Frost, H. G. Guinness, Robert H. Gundry, S. H. Kellogg, George Eldon Ladd, Alexander Reese, and Nathaniel West. Postmillennialism Definition Postmillennialism is that system of eschatology which understands the messianic kingdom to have been founded upon the earth during the earthly ministry and through the redemptive labors of the Lord Jesus Christ in fulfillment of Old Testament prophetic expectation. The nature of that kingdom is essentially redemptive and spiritual and will exercise a transformational socio-cultural influence in history, as more and more people are converted to Christ. Postmillennialism confidently anticipates a time in earth history in which the gospel will have won the victory throughout the earth and fulfillment of the Great Commission. After an extended period of gospel prosperity, earth history will be drawn to a close by the personal, visible, bodily return of Jesus Christ, accompanied by a literal resurrection and a general judgment. Descriptive Features 1. The church is the kingdom prophesied in the Old Testament era, and is the millennial age. It is composed of Jew and Gentile merged into one body in Christ as the new Israel of God. 2. The kingdom was established in its mustard seed form by Christ during his earthly ministry at his first coming. It will develop gradualistically through time. 3. Satan was bound by Christ in his earthly ministry, and is progressively hindered as the gospel spreads. 4. The Great Tribulation occurred in the first century at the destruction of the Jewish Temple in Jerusalem because of Israel's rejection of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. 4. The Great Tribulation occurred in the first century at the destruction of the Jewish Temple in Jerusalem because of Israel's rejection of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. 5. The Kingdom will grow and develop until eventually it exercises a dominant and universal gracious influence in a long era of righteousness, peace, and prosperity on the earth and in history. 6. Toward the end of Christ's spiritual millennial reign, Satan will be loosed, and a brief rebellion by the remaining minority, unconverted sinners against Christianity will occur. 7. 
Christ will return after the millennium to avenge himself upon the ungrateful rebels and to resurrect and judge all men. He will then usher in the eternal order. Hence the system is postmillennial and that Christ returns after the millennium, although the a thousand years is held to be a symbolic figure representative of the vast expanse of time. Representative adherence. In the ancient church, Eusebius, A.D. 260-340, and Athanasius, A.D. 296-372. In the modern church, traditional, J.A. Alexander, O.T. Alice, David Brown, Laureen Boatner, John Calvin, Roderick Campbell, David Chilton, John Jefferson Davis, Jonathan Edwards, A.A. and Charles A. Hodge, Errol Hulse, Marcellus Kick, John Murray, B.B. Warfield, Covenantal or Theonomic, Greg Bonson, Francis Nigel Lee, Gary North, R.J. Rushdooney, and the Westminster Confession of Faith, and many of the Puritans. The Biblical and Theological Superiority of Postmillennialism There are two set of primary considerations, biblical and theological. The former relates to the actual biblical texts, the latter relates to the implications of these texts. Biblical Considerations 1. Contrary to Dispensation's view of the Church Age being unforeseen by the prophets of the Old Testament, see Acts 2, 16-17, 3, 24-26, 15, 14-18, and Galatians 3, 8. Contrary to Dispensationalism's view that the Kingdom promises refer to a national Israel rather than to the Church as a new Israel of God, see Galatians 3, 28-29, 6, 16, Ephesians 2, 12-22, Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, Romans 2, verses 28 and 29, and 1 Peter 2, 5 through 9. 3. Contrary to dispensationalism, Christ did establish his kingdom in the first century. See Mark 1, 15, 9, 1, Luke 11, 20, 17, verses 20 through 21, John 18, 33 through 37, Colossians 1, 13. 4. Contrary to dispensationalism, Christ is now enthroned and ruling over his kingdom. See Acts 2, 29-35, Romans 8, 34, Hebrews 1, 3, chapter 10, verses 12-13, Revelation 1, 5-6, 3, 21. 5. Contrary to dispensationalism and historical premillennialism, Christ's kingdom is not an earthly political kingdom, but a spiritual redemptive kingdom. See Luke 17, 20 and 21, Romans 14, 17, John 18:36 and 37. 6. Contrary to dispensationalism and historical premillennialism, Satan was bound in the first century. See Matthew 12:28 through 29, Luke 10:18, John 12:31, Colossians 2:15, Hebrews 2:14, 1 John 3:8. 7. Contrary to dispensationalism, historic premillennialism, and amillennialism, the Great Tribulation occurred in the first century at the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem. See Matthew 24, verse 34, Matthew 24, verse 2, verse 3, verse 15, and verse 21. Revelation 1, 1, 3, and 9, chapter 3, verse 10. Also see Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. 8. Contrary to dispensationalism, historical premillennialism, and amillennialism, the church will not fail in its task of evangelizing the world. See Matthew 13, 31, and 32, chapter 16, verse 18, chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. 9. Contrary to dispensationalism, historic premillennialism, and amillennialism, 
Christ's redemptive labor will hold a universal sway in the world before the end of contemporary history. See Matthew 13, 31 and 32, John chapter 1, verse 29, chapter 3, verse 17, chapter 4, verse 42, chapter 12, 31 and 22, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, 26, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 13, chapter 10, 12 through 13. 10. Contrary to dispensationalism and historic premillennialism, there is but one resurrection and one judgment, which occurs simultaneously at the end of history. See Daniel 12, 2, Matthew 24, 31 through 32, John 5, 28 through 29, chapter 6, 39 through 40, chapter 11, verse 40, Acts 24, 15. 11. Contrary to dispensationalism and historic premillennialism, when Christ come, history will end. See 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 25, Matthew 13, 29 through 30, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. Theological considerations. 1. In distinction to dispensationalism, historical premillennialism, and all millennialism, postmillennialism is optimistic in its historical outlook. See Psalm 2, Psalm 72. Isaiah 2, 1 through 4, chapter 9, 6 through 7, chapter 11, 1 through 9, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 2. In distinction to dispensationalism and historic premillennialism, postmillennialism does not allow for a monstrous and absurd mixing of immortal, gloried, and resurrected saints with mortal, unglorified men upon the earth for a thousand-year period of interaction. 3. In distinction to dispensationalism and historical premillennialism, in postmillennialism, Christ will not undergo a second humiliation on earth, or ever. 4. Contrary to dispensationalism, postmillennialism does not teach there is coming a return to weak and beggarly elements, such as the temple, sacrifices, Jewish exaltation, and such. See Galatians 4, 9, Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, 1 Peter 2, verses 5 through 9, Ephesians 2, 20 and 21, 2 Corinthians 6, 19. The Great Commission and Dispensationalism it is alarming that some among dispensationalists view the Great Commission as a Jewish mandate not incumbent upon the church in this age. Let us cite just a few brief quotations in demonstration of this remarkable distortion of biblical theology. E. W. Bullinger, 19th century, well known for his companion Bible, states very clearly of Matthew 28, 18-20, this particular commission was postponed. Here the postponed kingdom theory of dispensationalism is tied into the disavow of the contemporary obligation to promote the Great Commission. Arno C. Gabelin wrote of the Great Commission in his popular annotated Bible, This is the Kingdom Commission, a time coming when this Great Commission here will be carried out by a remnant of Jewish disciples. In keeping with the postponed Kingdom theory, Gabelin also puts the Commission's institution off into the future. A more recent dispensationalist, Charles F. Baker, explains that when the Great Commission was given, there had been no revelation as yet that the program of the prophesied kingdom was to be interrupted by this great dispensation of the mystery. George Williams agrees. Notice should be made of the fact that the church age interrupted God's kingdom program. Dispensationalist Stanley Talsaint, in his recent commentary on Matthew, mentions the debate among current dispensationalists, while another dispensationalist, David L. Turner, comments regarding modern dispensationalists that most would agree that the stirring mandate for discipleship with which Matthew concluded is incumbent upon the church today. The study of eschatology is an important matter for the Christian. What we believe the future holds for us and our children has a great impact on the prioritizing of our life's concerns. 
Eschatology should not be approached as if but an interesting aside to the study of Scripture. It is a fundamental aspect of it, having a great bearing even on the understanding of evangelism itself. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.